Welcome to Tell Me What to Google. I'm Michael Kent, and this is a podcast where listeners tell me something they recently learned from the internet that they think I should learn about. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday and is staying safe. Here in Ohio, where I live, the the pandemic is spiking, and with the holidays coming, everything is pretty scary. We've been dealing with this since March, and some people are sort of adjusting to this new normal, and for others, you may be feeling some anxiety or depression lately. I just wanted to say a quick note to those people. It's totally normal if you're feeling that way. There are lots of us feeling those things, and if you need to talk with someone, I urge you to look into talking to a therapist about it. As the holidays hit, it's hard for some people. With the pandemic on top of that, it's even harder. And I just want you to know that I care and there are lots of other people that care about you. Hang in there, be kind to yourself. And while we're talking infectious diseases, today's topic comes from John and it's about a different type of epidemic. Hi, Michael. This is John from Des Moines, Iowa. I recently learned that a little girl started a polio outbreak in 1941 with her lemonade stand. I thought it was an interesting story and you might too. Thanks. Well, thank you for that, John. Uh, What a horrifying thought. You know, I feel like it happens about once a year that someone will run a story about how a little girl's lemonade stand gets shut down because it didn't have the proper permits and such. And then there's always an ensuing argument about whether or not this is big government regulation gone too far or if we should just let kids be kids and sell lemonade on the sidewalk. I'm recording this episode as the COVID-19 vaccine is finally about to be distributed here in America. And It's interesting to learn about the polio vaccine and how we distributed it back in the mid-1950s. Obviously, it's a different type of virus and a different type of vaccine, but people still talk about the hardships from polio today. It saw outbreaks for a period of 40 years in America before the vaccine, and really, it goes back much longer than that. I grew up hearing stories about how my grandfather had to spend a period of a few months in an iron lung due to polio. And to put things in perspective, people still talk about how bad polio was from the 1950s. And in the 1952 outbreak, America saw 57,000 cases and just over 3,000 deaths. Compare that to the 14.4 million cases and 280,000 American deaths from COVID. It makes you wonder how they'll talk about COVID-19 50 years from now. So let's learn about this little girl that caused an outbreak of polio in 1941. Okay, this happened outside of Chicago, Western Springs, Illinois, and it's true, it happened. Here's a newspaper article from the Kerrville Times in 1941. The headline reads, Girls' Lemonade Stand Gives Hot Tip on Paralysis. Wow. Before we talk about it, we should probably talk about polio itself. We have record of polio, short for poliomyelitis, all the way back in ancient Egypt. People suffering from unexplained paralysis and atrophied muscles are depicted in ancient drawings. But in 1916, and again in the early 1950s, polio outbreaks ran rampant throughout the world and in America. It peaked in America in 1952. Polio is caused by poliovirus and is a viral disease. It spreads through direct contact with people who have the infection. It's a disease that mostly affects the nervous system causing paralysis. And when you hear about iron lungs, these were giant metal tubes that a patient would lay inside. Picture like a tanning bed, but completely closed all the way around you and your your head stuck out of one end of it. 
It would simulate the muscle movement needed to draw and expel breath by changing the air pressure inside the tube, as the paralysis would keep patients from being able to move their diaphragm on their own, this kept them breathing. Thankfully, we no longer see these contraptions, partly because doctors and scientists have developed other ventilation machines, but mostly because we've nearly eradicated polio thanks to vaccines. Jonas Salk's polio vaccine was first tested in 1952, but announced to the world in 1955. It worked by injecting a dose of killed polio virus into the patient. When the trials for Salk's vaccine were conducted, it was the largest ever medical experiment that had been carried out. Once the vaccine was introduced to the public, it was promoted and largely funded by the March of Dimes. The March of Dimes was a nonprofit organization that had existed since FDR founded it in 1938. FDR suffered from a paralytic disease and founded the March of Dimes as the National Organization for Infantile Paralysis. The March of Dimes spent $223 million by 1955 on polio patient care, treating 80% of people affected. But before that vaccine, parents in America were absolutely terrified of polio. It was causing infantile paralysis, and as I stated earlier, there had been 57,000 cases in 1952. And while more than 3,000 of those patients died, almost half of all of those patients were left with some form of paralysis. I was talking about my grandfather in the Iron Lung earlier. This is the same man who, if you listen to my episode about Chuck Yeager, I talked about him. He worked to develop airplane lighting. I remember growing up, when Grandpa would eat a meal, he would turn his head to the side with every swallow. And as a kid, I remember asking my mom about this, and she told me that it was a lasting effect from the polio he had as a young man. Polio in America spread fairly easily, and one of the biggest culprits was the swimming pool. This is one of the reasons that it would see a rise in cases over summer months. It's one of the reasons that chlorine use in public pools became so widespread. Prior to that, the most popular way for a pool to keep its water clean was just refiltering and recycling the water. Often, they'd completely empty and refill the pool to keep it clean. Since saliva or anything coming from your nose or mouth could also cause the spread, there were places where a strict no-spitting order was enforced. So now you can understand why, if someone isn't careful with serving someone else lemonade, say at a sidewalk lemonade stand, that person could unknowingly be transmitting polio to everyone who drinks lemonade from a dirty cup. So we're going to get into this story here about the lemonade stand, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But before we do, I'd like to take a break to tell you about a few people who make this show possible. I'm excited to be partnered with this company because it's a product that I've used and loved for years. Scotty Vest makes gear that looks great and is packed with pockets. And as much as I travel, that's always been a huge perk. But even on years like this one where I don't travel as much, my Scotty Vest fleece is just as useful because I'm always carrying so much stuff with me. My wallet, my phones, my keys, my mask, and there's a pocket for everything. Not only that, they now have an awesome new face mask that allows you to even use a straw while wearing it. Go to scottyvest.com, that's S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T.com, and use my promo code, tell me, all one word, for 15% off your order. That's scottyvest.com, and enter promo code, tell me. 
So many parents are being tasked right now with not only your career and regular parenting duties, but now with trying to help your kids learn. And it's so important that your kids continue hands-on learning from home. Check out Thimble.io. This is an awesome monthly subscription service for middle and high school students that teaches real-world stuff like robotics, coding, and engineering through quarterly STEM kits and online classes. So you and your kids can stay at home, but still have a virtual engineering lab at home, teaching your kids everything from robotics to weather stations to drones from top professionals who've worked with companies like SpaceX, Microsoft, and Apple. Subscribe now and cancel at any time. Go to thimble.io and use my code TELLME, all one word, to get 15% off any subscription. That's thimble.io and use the promo code TELLME. Do you like jokes? How about stories? What about magic tricks? If you said yes to any of those, you'll love my weekly live stream show, Joke Story Trick Live. Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we gather to tell listener jokes, do magic, even learn magic, and bring on a special guest to tell a story. We've had everyone from a sitting U.S. congressman to television stars to WWE wrestlers. It's always a great time, and it's a free show. Just go to jokestorytrick.com to watch past episodes or tune in every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's jokestorytrick.com. I hope to see you there. I don't know about you, but this time of year, as it starts to get colder, we love burning candles around the house. Okay, who am I kidding? It's all year round. And our favorite candles are made by Daniel Joseph. They're 100% all-natural soy with braided cotton wicks and fragranced oils. And not only are they handmade in Evanston, Illinois, they're made from all American materials. Because they're made with soy instead of crude oil paraffin wax, they burn clean with no soot and they burn longer. We love the cashmere vanilla, but brown sugar and fig is great too, and you'll just have to go see for yourself. Go to DanielJosephCandles.com. It's DanielJosephCandles.com. I told you about this newspaper article that I found from 1941. Let's get into what that news report said. This is the Kerrville Times in Kerrville, Texas, reporting on something that happened in Western Springs, Illinois. Because a little girl kept a lemonade stand in suburban Western Springs and four of her playmates came down with infantile paralysis, scientists have struck the hottest trail of the deadly disease virus in the history of epidemiology. Because of the small size of the community, it was possible to examine everyone who came in contact with the little lemonade vendor. That she was the prime source was established early in the investigation. One hot afternoon in July, she did a lively business in front of her home. What did it matter if, as the day wore on, the glasses weren't rinsed after every using? Then she and four customers came down with the disease. This case ended up being a great case study for epidemiologists at the time because the cases were very insulated to this one particular incident. And the exposure was easy to trace. Contact tracing was easy in this case. Sadly, we don't have much more information on this particular story. Of course, the children's names weren't included in the account because they were minors, and we also don't have any record of how the kids ended up. But we do know that four cases of paralysis were caused from this one lemonade stand. So maybe this is an extreme case, but it could be seen as an argument for setting up some sort of regulations for children looking to make a few extra bucks with their lemonade stand. 
Of course, others might say that that's ridiculous. We should just allow kids to learn about economy and capitalism through selling lemonade on the corner, you know? Instead of an allowance, send the kid out to make a few bucks on lemonade to buy that new video game. After all, the free market folks would say that if you want to keep doing business, don't paralyze yourself and your friends, right? After all, people won't patronize the lemonade stand of the little girl who gave people polio. I think that when you look at lemonade stands these days, it's much more common for people to use disposable cups, so maybe this isn't something we need to worry about anymore. We do still see stories about lemonade stands getting shut down every once in a while. I found an interesting one from 1997. A little boy in Indiana was shut down by health officials for not having a permit for his stand. He didn't have the required health permits, so instead, he opened a sidewalk stand that sold items for which he didn't need permits. He sold squirt guns, balloons, magic tricks, and hats. And for every sale, the customer received a complimentary cup of lemonade. When we look at 2020 and the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a lot of people step forward and donate their money and time to fighting the virus. And back in the 50s, people did the same. They may have done it one dime at a time, but they also did things on their own separate from the March of Dimes organization to raise money to help fund the eradication of polio. Eleanor Roosevelt wrote a column in her syndicated newspaper called My Day. In it, she talks about the efforts of everyday people to fight polio. And some of the efforts she cites are teens selling baked goods and, this is true, lemonade. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and see if they already know what we just learned. Today, we're calling my friend Marcus Monroe. Marcus is a comedian and a juggler in New York, and we've had him on the show before. Also, if you haven't already, you can see him on the season finale of Joke Story Trick, which we did last month. Joke Story Trick is returning January 5th. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, in the first episode, we've got Matt Franco. But we're about to call Marcus, and I want to tell you, I've been working on changing up the format of this part of the show, so I hope that you enjoy it. Hey, dude! Good to see you again, man. What's going on? I feel like we just uh, hung out on, on Zoom for, uh, for the, the live stream recently. And you can't get enough of me, man. You can't get enough. Don't keep, lie. Keep coming back for some more Marcus Monroe. You're the uh, only person to ever want more. <laughs> I think. Well, or maybe uh, I'm the only person who's always available. You know what? The beauty of doing stuff via Zoom is that people are available. Everyone's home. Everyone's sort of quarantining. And when I call someone to say, hey, can you, or text someone to say, hey, can you come on the podcast? Like, you have to come up with a pretty good excuse if you can't, right? I think so, especially if you're in California now, because that pretty much the whole state's on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a little different than last time you were on. I okay. tried to create the the questions in more of a quick rapid fire uh, sequence. So, I like it. Yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, I you don't know anything about what this podcast is about, and so this first question is for $50 donated from my personal checking account to my savings account. Wow. So if you get this correct, I will take $50 and give it to myself, but in savings. So I hope I get it, because I, I think everyone needs to save. I, 
I don't think I've, I've saved any money in the last seven years. And I'm being completely honest. You know, it's a scary thing. And I wouldn't expect anyone to be saving this year because a lot of us entertainers are just just scratching by. Not, so, yeah, but everybody, I think, yeah, not just the yeah, entertainers. but Definitely, like, definitely. Yeah. So in 1941, a little girl outside of Chicago got in trouble for one of these reasons. A, she gave herself and four friends polio by serving lemonade from dirty cups. B, she played spin the bottle with a bottle rocket and caught a neighborhood boy on fire. C, she organized and sold tickets to a domestic cat fight and solicited entry fees from her playmates who brought their own house cats to fight. Wow. One of those is true. Each one of those sounds more absurd than the next. I don't know how you can contract polio. I don't know if it's through um, saliva or sharing a cup. I don't know. I do know that that seems like it was maybe around the time polio was a big thing. Um, I don't think the bottle, the spin the bottle, bottle rocket's going to really catch someone on fire. I don't know about that. And the cat fight thing, I hope that's not true because that sounds so sad. I feel bad for those cats. I'm going to say A is true. I hope it's A. You got it right. That's yeah, correct. Oh, a good. is true. A, a little girl with a lemonade stand. Uh, a little girl with a lemonade stand gave herself and four of her friends polio by serving lemonade from dirty cops. And you I know what's will, so funny? What's that? Is in 2020, you can take out polio, and make it COVID. It's totally, absolutely. But because you answered that correctly, I will give myself fifty dollars uh, from checking two savings as soon as we stop recording this. Here's your are second. You, are you question. really going to do really, that? I'll absolutely do that. I think it should go to your IRA if I'm going to be honest. Well, you know, the IRA is like $50. Is it worth? I mean, I might as well give myself more money out of checking in or out of, yeah, out of checking into the IRA. If I'm going to go through the trouble of depositing yeah. money into the, into the IRA. I hear you. Just go you to, know? yeah, just go check into savings just for maybe, now. Maybe for now, you know, and if I have something left over, maybe in a few weeks at the end of the year, we'll throw some of that into the IRA. Hey, no pressure. <laughs> pressure. This is a this is a finance podcast, and uh, <laughs> oh god, it better not be. The next question, Marcus, is a three second answer. You have oh. you have to answer in three seconds, and if you get this one right, I will write your name on a post-it note and place it in the background here of my next virtual show. So the next virtual magic show I do will have a post-it note that says Marcus Monroe with zero context. Love it. Three seconds. Okay. What was the name of the contraption used to help people breathe during the polio outbreak? Iron lung. Boom. He's got it. Ladies and gentlemen, no, Marcus wait, Monroe's name. It is. That, that is the right answer. An iron lung. Your name will be on a post-it note in the background of the next virtual magic show that I do. Wait, was this another polio question? The whole episode was about polio this time. Basically, oh. the episode was about the little girl in the lemonade stand. Oh. And I felt that it was slightly topical with the vaccine about to come out here in America. We have two more questions. To win a free lunch with me next time you're in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, put the, Wait, you're in Columbus, Ohio? I, um, I was there recently, or not recently, last July, and I went and I got these chicken wings at, um, is there a place called like Freddy's? Or no, wait, maybe that was the hot dog. Frickers? 
Yeah, maybe it's Frickers, but the chicken wings were really big. They weren't cut like usual wings. And then I went to this other place that had um, hot dogs. It had like all these like gourmet hot dogs. Yeah, you know was it? Yeah, there. Well, I when generally when friends come from out of town, I take them to a hot dog joint uh, called Dirty Frank's. That was it, because they have a vegan. Uh, yeah, they have hot a vegan dog. dog. Yep, yeah. bun and everything. Everything's all yep. vegan. Yeah. Uh, so I've taken a lot of people to Dirty Frank's. So that will be the place. If you want, I'll get you a vegan dog, plus whatever you want yes. on top of that tots, whatever you want, on top of the vegan dog. If you can put these three worldwide events in order. Oh, from when they happened? Yes. Or from my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Put them in order. We know that one of them is going to be about polio. That's my least favorite. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. This, this is chronologically. Okay. Okay. A, polio vaccine distributed in America. B, JFK becomes president. C, Kanye takes the microphone from Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Okay. And the first... The first one was the polio vaccine was distributed in America. Okay. The second one was JFK, JFK. becomes president. And the okay. third one is Kanye and Taylor Swift at the VMAs. To me, those already sound like they're in order. That's correct. They are all in oh. order. Yes, JFK was, uh, you know, ob obviously we already talked about uh, FDR and the polio vaccine. JFK was, was uh, 60s. Uh, polio was basically eradicated before 1960 hit. So late, late fifties was, was 2008. Did you say that was the VMAs 2008? I don't know. I didn't even look that one up. I just know I'm it wasn't in the fifties sure, or sixties. I'm pretty sure it's 2008. I've met Kanye West, um, four different times. What? And yeah, I used to be the biggest Kanye West fan in the world. I, I waited in line outside the FYE store in New York city where, um, graduation was released that day. He, and it was like him or 50 cent who's going to sell the most units. And obviously Kanye did by thousands, um, but I got his if, autograph. It's there. too bad that 50 cent didn't, didn't sell a thousands. Cause that would be a G unit. That's hilarious. Mm. Um, but you know, now with, you know, uh, Kanye's kind of lost me the last couple of years with his, uh, his antics and stuff. But I, I, yeah. I do think he's a very talented person. And um, yeah, the first you know, time I, I met not him, only that, but also FYE. So maybe we can uh, pour one out for both Kanye and FYE. I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. Finally, for a chance to appear on a future episode of Tell Me What to Google and be invited back on, yes. tell us something that you are personally doing to help stop the spread of COVID-19. Well, what, what I do to stop the spread, well, first of all, I... I'm not doing as much as my wife is doing. She is a contact tracer. She's telling people every day, calling people even on Sunday. Today she was That's, working. I find that so fascinating. As I've told you before, I, I find right. that that idea so fascinating that that's what she's doing right now. So she she's I not doing nearly half the amount of things that she's doing, but I am. I'm not flying right now. I'm wearing masks. I am. I have hand sanitizer on my belt oh it's connected have, uh, it's always connected. there it's from clear so it's just nice. like um, nice. i uh you know i'm i'm just trying to be smart about you know it's it's hard because i, I am seeing like friends sometimes but they're people in in my bubble mm -hmm. who are who i who i work with and it's not like social hangs it's like when i do my podcast i have to see my podcast partner um and, and stuff so i you know 
I'm not, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, you know, I'm in New York city. So I saw how bad it can be this spring and it was, it was awful. Our numbers are now just under 3%, I think, or, which or is just above incredible. three, which, which is good considering I mean, it used it's to be, still, it's 3% higher than it should be, but it's still incredible Agreed. considering where I live. It's significantly higher than that. And, and exactly. No matter who you are or what you're doing, you could always be doing more to, to help stop the spread of COVID-19. But I think just, you know, being aware of it, wearing a mask, washing your hands, stop not touching your face. I've, I've washed my hands before since I've been home um, and, and and doing, you know, all the things that Fauci and, and uh, the people in the government who know what they're talking about uh, are saying, yeah, I try to do that. I am, I do get, you know, of course I'm sick of being at home, but I would, I would rather be healthy at home than sick at home. Sure. Well, Marcus, I have to tell you, out of four questions, you got four right. That's so, not so bad. Is that is that still a passing grade? If let me tell you what you've won. You've won the opportunity for me to give $50 to myself. That's, I'm so that's, happy about that's that. That's the first thing you won. Secondly, you won a contextless name recognition during the next virtual show that I do in the form of a post-it note on the background. Love it. You won it. lunch with me next time you come to Columbus, Ohio at Dirty Frank's Hot Dogs. And finally, you will appear on a future episode of Tell Me What to Google so long as you're still available and I can still book you. You can absolutely book me any single time. You know I am probably the most available person in the world. I don't believe that for um, a minute. Yes, it's very true. I love doing your shows. I love talking with you. I love connecting with you. I think the work you're doing is so fun and so fascinating. And, and it's not just about magic and performing, which is what I really like. I like when I see my friends doing really fun out-of-the-box type stuff. We don't need another podcast about magic or comedy so it's great to have um you be such a talented magician and doing it and talking about other things other than magic even though i'm sure you you touch talk about a little bit like i I know it's hard not to because it's such a big part of your life but it's great to hear that uh i i appreciate that and with that kind of praise you didn't have to get that last question right just because oh, okay well, I yeah, take it yeah back if you then. stroke my ego like that i'm going to invite you back on anyway so great. that's awesome. how this works you have a great rest of your weekend man it was uh it was nice talking to you thanks man this was fun i'm glad we got to do it well that's all for this week if you enjoyed this episode please help us out by leaving a review of the podcast on itunes along with a sentence or two writing a few words helps a ton to allow other people to listen and to allow other people to tell me what to Google. We'll see you next week. Tell Me What to Google is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Reed Mathis, and additional music this week was from Esther Abrami and the United States Marine Band. You can listen to past episodes by searching for Tell Me What to Google wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent.